0: Welcome to Action Chapel International. We are one church in many locations worldwide. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's Word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same. Now please join us for this powerful message.
1: Please put your arms together. with your hands lifted up say heavily Father this morning I judge myself that I may not be judged the Bible said judge yourself that you may not be judged I renounce every sin self committed sins transgressions Iniquities, bloodline, self committed issues. In the name of Jesus, I repent where repentance is necessary. And in the name of Jesus, I humble myself under the mighty hand of God to be guided, to be directed, and to walk with humility before the Lord having no confidence in myself but in him Holy Spirit as I judge myself and renounce iniquity transgressions and sins cleanse me now by the Holy Spirit and right now free me from every error, pride deception, arrogance, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the cleansing of the blood. Now, I break the spirit of misrepresentation. I bind the spirit of misrepresentation, I bind the spirit of error, and I bind provocation right now as I put my hands together in Jesus' name. The name of Jesus, Amen. You may be seated in heavenly places. It's good to be with you this morning. Thank you for coming, and thank you for tuning in wherever you are across the nations. Uh, For weeks now, we've been treating the Holy Spirit, and we've been treating the gifts or the manifestations of the Spirit. We've also been talking about the five full ministry gifts. Um, It will take many, many, many months and weeks to exhaust it. It's not something we can begin and just finish like that. It, it, it has a lot of depths. Uh, but there have been a lot of uh, questions and uh, misunderstanding about some of the things that I have mentioned, like the prophet or the office of the prophet. And there are some that believe that uh, the prophet or the office of the prophet does not exist anymore under the New Testament dispensational era then there are also people who believe that the apostolic gift or the gift of the Apostle or the office of the Apostle ended with the last Apostle and those are all misunderstanding it's not true Um, the office of the Apostle still exists and the office of a prophet is still relevant today The difference between the function of the Old Testament and the New Testament prophet is what we should look at the Old Testament prophets because the Old Testament believers and the Old Testament prophets were not born again the functions of New Testament and Old Testament prophets are different so you have to keep that in mind that is the issue here we are dealing with what the Old Testament prophet did in their dispensation is different from what the New Testament prophets are to do in their time. One scripture that a lot of people use to uh, create some kind of misunderstanding is Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1 to 2. God, Hebrews. Give him some sound, please.
2: God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers. Underline the word in time past. That is Old Testament believers. He -hmm. spoke to the fathers by the prophets. Mm -hmm. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son, Mm -hmm. whom he has appointed heir of all things. Through whom also he made the world's so under
1: the Old Testament because they were not born again and the prophets were not also born again the Holy Spirit did not dwell in them the Holy Spirit came upon them every now and then so he guided them he led them and spoke to them through the prophets but in the New Testament because the New Testament believers are born again and the Holy Spirit dwells in us and don't just come upon us and live but is in us is on us is with us he speaks through
2: his son Jesus. John chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So, Jesus, who is
1: speaking, or whom the Father has appointed to speak to us, is speaking through the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says let him that have ears to hear hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches so Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth the Comforter comes he will speak to us so he speaks through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit doesn't speak of himself but of what Jesus or the Father is saying through Jesus is what the Holy Spirit is saying so please understand how jesus speaks to us through the holy spirit he is the one at work right now among the trinity the holy spirit is the one working and speaking expressly whatever heaven is saying is the holy spirit carrying it out now come to ephesians 4 11 to 14. and he gives some apostles so some apostles so the, the apostles ministry is still relevant And
2: some prophets.
1: Some prophets. So you see the prophet
2: comes up again, still relevant. And some evangelists. Evangelists, still relevant. And some pastors and teachers. So these five full ministry gifts are
1: relevant until a particular time. Until the church is raptured. These five full ministry gifts are still relevant. But the office of the prophet of old testament and new testament is different. Go ahead verse 12
2: for the perfection of the same so look
1: at the job description of New Testament prophet versus Old Testament prophet in the Old Testament the Bible said in the book of Hosiah that by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet was Israel sustained but in the New Testament is by the Holy Spirit we are brought out by the Holy Spirit and we are sustained by the holy spirit not by a prophet or an apostle teacher evangelist pastor it's very important you must understand that difference go ahead the for the work
2: for the work of the ministry the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ edifying of the body so we all Till we all come in the unity of the faith uh-huh. and of the knowledge of the Son of God mm-hmm. unto a perfect man, mm-hmm. unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, mm-hmm. tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine mm-hmm. by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to destroy. So you see,
1: until until this is done, the job description of prophets and apostles. And the fivefold ministry gives, it's clear in Ephesians 4 12. That is your job description. The prophets and the apostles and the fivefold ministry gives their responsibility or job is not to lead or to guide the church or the believer. We are to be led by the Holy Spirit, guided by
2: the Holy Spirit. Now look at 1 Corinthians 12 28. And God has set some in the church. First, apostles. Mm -hmm. Secondarily, prophets. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, teachers. Mm -hmm. After that, that, miracles. Mm -hmm. Then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. So you see that in the New Testament,
1: the office of the prophet is still relevant in the New Testament. And these fivefold ministry gifts don't come to an end until... We've seen Ephesians from 11 to 14 until the rapture of the church. They are still relevant until the rapture of the church. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Look at Acts 13, 1 to
2: 2. Now they were in the church that was at Antioch, mm-hmm. certain prophets and teachers. Underline the word, certain prophets and teachers. Look at their job description. Mm-hmm. As Barnabas, a Simeon that was called Niger and lucius of cyrene and many which had been brought up with her the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the lord and fasted the holy ghost said separate me barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto i have called them you see so one of the works of the new testament prophet
1: is to confirm what god has already done or said he said separate me paul and barnabas unto the work of which i have called them they are already called i want confirmation I w- i'm confirming what is already done so paul and Barnabas were already in the know this wasn't the first time that the holy spirit spoke through the prophets now on the, on the line the word the, it was the holy spirit who spoke through the prophets as he will to confirm what is already done. So at this time when Paul and Barnabas were separated to the work where unto they were called or chosen already it was a confirmation. It wasn't like they just came to church and then the Holy Spirit threw a prophet's book and said you have been chosen to the work of the ministry, resign, leave Ghana, go to Asia, go to Japan or China or Hong Kong. That Is confusion. They they were already called. They were already informed. They were already in the know. And the Holy Spirit confirmed what they knew already. That both of them have been called to the work of the ministry. So it was more of a confirmation. Amen.
2: Look at Acts 21, 9 to 11. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's ghetto and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost.
1: Underline the word again, thus saith the Holy Ghost. New Testament prophets, thus saith the Holy Ghost. Go ahead.
2: So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this ghetto and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles.
1: So Philip had four daughters who prophesied. And I said that the common gift of prophecy or the gift of prophecy is not just common. The gift of prophecy comes for edification, exaltation and comfort. It doesn't foretell. And so they prophesied, but they did not operate in the office of a prophet which must possess the gift of prophecy and two of the revelational gifts. Either the word of knowledge with the word of wisdom ...or the word of wisdom with the descending of spirit. You must possess two of the revelational gifts... ...and then the gift of prophecy. So they prophesied, but they could not see into the future... ...the events of the future. It was when Agabus, who stood in the office of a prophet, came... ...then he revealed what would be for Paul... ...but his assignment was not to guide or to lead Paul... So keep that in mind, it's very important So come with me quickly
2: To the book of Romans 8, 14 Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God They are the sons of God So clearly, New Testament We are led
1: by the Holy Spirit He that have ears to hear Let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches So God's ultimate plan and desire for you and I as a believer is to be led by the Holy Spirit, not by prophets, not by apostles, not by the fivefold ministry gifts, but by the Holy Spirit. Now, every now and then, the Holy Spirit may use a prophet and may use an apostle or any of the fivefold ministry gifts to confirm something that he has already done or planned for the believer. Their job is to confirm things that have already been done by God. But that is not as any prophet or apostle or teacher wills. It's as he, the Holy Spirit, wills. So, no matter how gifted any prophet or any apostle or teacher an evangelist, bishop an apostle whoever we are may be, the ultimate goal is that every believer must come to a place where we are led by the Spirit of God and where we learn to know and to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let him that have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. My sheep know my voice, a stranger's voice they will not follow. Amen.
2: John 4:24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we worship God with our
1: spirit, not with our soul, and not with our body, not with our intellect, not with our reason, not with our emotions, but our spirit. Paul said in Romans 1, 9, he said, God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit and not with my soul. Or not with my flesh but by my spirit so we serve the Lord with our spirit not with our intellect not with our emotions please keep
2: that in mind then we come to Proverbs twenty twenty seven. the spirit of man is a candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly
1: so it is our spirit that guides us the Holy Spirit will guide us through our spirit The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And so God enlightens us, guides us, illuminates and speaks to you and I through the inward man or through the spirit of man. Not through the intellect of man, not through the emotions or the will of man, but through the spirit of man. So we need to examine ourselves on a daily basis. We need to make sure that our spirit man is in tune with the Holy Spirit and that takes a lot of efforts and spirit consciousness because there's too much distraction in this world and in the flesh that we can be carried away and get distracted that we miss it and we don't pay attention to the spirit man and what I'm attempting to do is to help us to feed our spirit and our faith. And to starve our doubts and our fears. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30
2: and 31. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness You see, and so these are things that grieves the Holy Spirit. And stops
1: the Holy Spirit from working with our spirit. He cannot work with our spirit to enlighten us, to guide us, when the Holy Spirit is grieved. And there are things you and I do that grieves the Holy Spirit. And every unrighteousness is sin. And sin comes every now and then to grieve the Holy Spirit. And the word grieves to make him sad. And when the spirit is sad, we are denied. Our spirit man is denied. Of the inspiration and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that there is a spirit in man. And the inspiration which is the breath of God. Of the most high. Giveth him understanding. So our spirit man will lack understanding. When the Holy Spirit which is the breath of God. It's grief. It's sad. Because we are not paying attention. We are not listening. We are into ourselves. And into reasoning. More than Being spiritual consciousness Or spiritually conscious Go ahead Let all bitterness You see bitterness Bitterness And this is not speaking to unbelievers This is speaking to the church So you can be a believer Born again Holy Spirit filled And be bitter And bitter And bitterness Is one of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit And every now and then You and I have causes You always have a reason to be bitter To be offended to be hurt by a friend, a loved one, you feel betrayed, you feel used and so you get bitter and whenever we get bitter we grieve the Holy Spirit and our spirit man is also denied of guidance of the Holy Spirit, go ahead and wrath, wrath it goes beyond just anger the word wrath is dealing with the spirit of vengeance or revenge well, because you are bitter, you are hurt, you are offended, you want to settle score with somebody. You want something bad to happen, to prove a point. You will go to any extent to hurt somebody, irrespective of who they are, what they stand for, what they do, you don't care. You don't care the extent to which you damage them. You have to settle score. You are are justifying your pain. You are justifying the offense and the hurt. And so you become desensitized. Bitter. You want vengeance. You want to settle score. You want to prove a point. So you become cold. At that point, you grieve the Holy Spirit. You make him sad. Because at that point, you are stuck in the mud. He can't use you. Your spirit man... At that time, it's starved. You are stabbing your spirit. You can't receive. You are disconnected from the frequencies of heaven. God can't download anything into you. During the time you are bitter till you come out, you're on your own. You're in a very dangerous place. He can't help you, nor help anyone you care about or love because you have allowed yourself to become a vessel and an instrument for the devil to use you, even though you're a believer. Go ahead. And anger, Anger lies in the bosom of fools. That's what happens when you see people angry. They want to prove a point. They are justifying their pain. And anger is one of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit, right? And clamor. Clamor. You, You have to be very careful that you don't cultivate the attitude of speaking ill or evil of people. You just love, speaking evil of people you love saying bad things of, about others criticizing others being critical of
2: others right and evil speaking let yeah. it be put away from you with all malice all of these things must be put away
1: from us because these are elements and they are things that the enemy uses even though we're born again and we are Holy Spirit filled, the enemy can use any of these things to hinder our prayers, hinder our faith. Mark Mark 11,
2: 25 and 26. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. You see, so the word forgive that you may be forgiven.
1: Then he said, forgive the trespasses of those who trespass against you, that your Father in heaven may forgive your trespasses, means that every one of us have trespasses. But our trespasses are different from that of another. Where I err is not where you err. Where you stumble is not where I stumble. Where one's fall is not where the other falls. But everybody is dealing with some transgression, iniquity, ...or sin or the other. Everybody is guilty of something. The Bible said if the Lord comes iniquity, who shall stand? So, this is where humility is critical on a daily basis. Nobody has the right to sit in judgment... ...or hold the sin, transgression or iniquity of another against another. Because he said, if you do not forgive... ...neither will your heavenly Father forgive your transgression. So it means that you also have a transgression. And in order for your transgression to be forgiven you have to forgive the transgressions of others. And so that is a key thing. And sin will hinder your faith. Sin is a hindrance to prayer. So Jesus said, when you stand to pray, forgive. That means when you stand to pray, renounce sin. And this particular verse, if you look at it critically, is also dealing with unconfessed sin. He said, when you stand to pray, forgive. Forgive. So there are unconfessed sins. We may be dealing with a situation. You feel used. You feel offended. You feel taken advantage of. You feel betrayed. You feel you are being misrepresented, misunderstood. And you don't like it. So you harbor it in your heart. You harbor pain and offense and bitterness inside of you. And you are praying some powerful prayers. And Jesus said... It doesn't matter how powerful the prayer is. When you stand to pray, if you want your prayers not to be hindered and your faith not to be hindered, forgive, forgive, renounce it, confess it to the father. Let it go, don't go around telling everybody your sins. That's not what the Bible is saying here. It's something you have to settle between you and your father because it's him you are praying to, you are not praying to any man. I'm not praying to a prophet, an apostle, evangelist, a teacher, a bishop, or an archbishop. You are praying to the Father in heaven. So when you stand to pray to the Father in heaven, settle this thing with him. Renounce it. Let it go.
2: John 8 and 7. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. So... This is a situation where
1: a woman was caught in adultery and they brought the woman alone even though it took two to commit the act. And the men stood there, there was no woman among them, it was only men. I don't know if men are critical, but it was men. And they reminded Jesus of the law and said, it is written, she was caught in the act. She must die And they had stones in their hands To fulfill what was written To fulfill scripture Yet everyone was guilty And that is hypocrisy And a sense of self-righteousness Jesus said He that is without sin among you Let him go ahead and cast the first stone And what amazes me was Every one of them walked away They cast down their stone They didn't touch the woman And they all walked away But they were going to stone and kill her, even though they were all guilty of something. And that is what the fallen nature of man is. We are critical of others. We witch hunt others. We judge others. We point finger at others. We criticize others. We throw stones at others. When we ourselves are guilty of something. And that is why the Bible says, judge not, that you may not be judged. He said forgive, and if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly father forgive you of your trespasses. So everybody has trespassed, and we trespass every day sins of omissions, sins of commission, sins of the flesh, and spiritual sins. Spiritual sins, the sin of pride, for instance, God hates the proud. Pride is a very serious sin that God resisted the proud. And most times, you realize that God judges spiritual sins than the sins of the flesh, like immorality, because those are easily detected and seen. But the sin of pride and bitterness and being critical of others, being judgmental, hypocrisy, guilty, and yet you are ready to crucify and to kill and to stone addicts, because
2: theirs have come out.
1: Is dangerous. First John three and seven.
2: Little children, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. So that is what it is. If if
1: if if it's in you to do right. You are, you have the spirit of God in you, and I believe that it is in everyone hearing me to do right. First John five
2: seventeen. All unrighteousness unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not unto death. He said all unrighteousness
1: is sin. And there is a sin not unto death. The sin that is not unto death, apart from some teachers believe that is the sin when you don't speak against the Holy Spirit. But it also has to do with unconfessed sins. That unconfessed sins and also when we don't judge ourselves. I remember... Many years ago, um, there was a great prophet in America called William Braham. and uh, it is said that he believed that he was Elijah who would precede the coming of the Lord. And because he was so anointed and so gifted, uh, he made a lot of disciples who believed that he was the the Elijah of the time. And because the anointing and his gift was so strong, people followed him and believed him. And God in Lansing sent a word to him that, brother... Abraham, the Lord wants you to judge yourself, uh, and that if you don't judge yourself, you will die. And he didn't take heed to it, and he died prematurely. And it was because he did not judge himself. Judging ourselves is very, very critical. Self-examination and judging ourselves is very critical and necessary on a daily basis to walk with God. And the danger with all of us, especially those who are very gifted, And very anointed is the fact that you can be depending on the anointing and the gift and miss God and not know that you've missed God. You can have a car driving on the motorway and it develops a fault but it's still driving and you can take the car all the way to Tema, it gets you to Tema. And instead of stopping finding a fitter to to fix the problem, you can decide to drive back to Accra with a fault, the same car. And the car will be driving, but it has a fault. Eventually, the engine will stop and you develop a major problem. And that is when we don't examine ourselves and judge ourselves. You depend on the gift and the anointing. And one of the problems also is that we don't know the difference between the presence of God and the anointing and the gift of God. Because the gift and the callings of God are without repentance. So the gift can be working, the anointing can be operating in our lives, And we may be deceived and think that, oh, we've made it. We are good. We are okay with the Lord. And we, we may miss the presence. But because the anointing and the gift is still operating, we refuse to examine ourselves. We refuse to judge ourselves. And we can walk in error, deceive many, and end up destroying our lives and ourselves. It's like something. Something was so gifted and anointed. That he never believed that the presence and the the presence and the spirit will leave him. And he kept on walking in error, did not examine or judge himself until one day he shook himself and the spirit had left him. I pray that it will not be so in our case that we will not wait until that moment when the spirit leaves us, but we will continue to examine and to judge ourselves that will not be judged, no matter how gifted, anointed. Because it's very dangerous if you are very gifted and anointed. You can walk in the gift and in the callings of God without without, without repentance and be erring and believe everything is okay because the gift is still operating. You are a vehicle operating with a fault in the engine and instead of taking the car to the manufacturer to service it, you feel... It's okay. I can handle it. God is the manufacturer. And every now and then, we err. And constant self-examination brings us to the place of judging ourselves. And when we judge ourselves, the manufacturer will fix us. And then we can go on for a long time and we'll never have a breakdown on the way because the problem with the engine is fixed. Maybe the carburetor, something. Let's change it right now. And the way we change and fix it is to take the car to the manufacturer, which is the Lord, the creator, and he will fix us. Let him fix us through the blood of Jesus. Amen.
2: Okay, first John quickly. 1 7 to 10. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, mm-hmm. we are fellowship one with another. So,
1: walking in the light is walking in the word. Walking in the word. Letting the word of God be a light to our feet and a light to our path. A lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Guided
2: by the rules of the word. The rules of engagement. Go ahead. We are fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us. It's very, very sin. important for us to. Remain in fellowship.
1: Whenever we get to a place where we cut off fellowship with the brethren, we're in trouble. On Wednesday, we'll be talking about how to pass from death to life. How to pass from death to life. Even though you're a believer. How you can pass from premature death to life. And one of the ways of passing from death to life is... ...fellowshipping with the brethren, maintaining fellowship with the brethren. The Bible said, for we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Because we love the brethren. We must maintain love with the brethren. That's one of the ways we, we pass from premature death to long life. To long life. You, you must not break fellowship with the brethren. No matter what, whatever takes you away from the brethren is darkness. Whatever makes you or compels you to disconnect and disengage from the brethren is darkness. It's not light. Irrespective of the argument, you can never justify walking in darkness. We can only justify walking in the light.
2: And if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we must have fellowship with the brethren. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. If we say
1: we don't err, just because we haven't done what we call big sin or small sin doesn't mean we haven't heard. We hear every day. Even talking too much, you can sing. Just by talking. We sing by just talking. Talk, talk. You just talk. You, you open your mouth. You just say anything. You just talk. Ah, you talk. Say anything like that. Like a that. Just anything. You just say it. No rules, no checks, no balances. You just open your mouth and you just talk like that. Hey! You sin. If we say we are without sin, that's why self-examination on daily basis is necessary. So you can judge yourself on a daily basis and never leave a day with an unconfessed sin. Because every day, faith is necessary. Every day, we must pray. And prayer is a daily necessity For daily survival So if our prayers will not be hindered And our faith will not be hindered then, then we must confess Every unconfessed sin And it's a daily basis Between you and your heavenly father
2: Every day God. If we confess our sins He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins He is faithful and just The word just means he understands you He does understand
1: so you must never come to a point where You feel ashamed of your, your father And you are ashamed of confessing It doesn't matter How many times a day you sin or you err. It is Necessary and critical That you confess it That you just go to him and say, Father I'm so ashamed of myself, embarrassed I've done it again I missed it again Forgive me, cleanse me, help me For I want to do right I want to do Right, Father, I want to do right. I want to do right. And that's why Paul said, that which I will to do, I do not, and that which I don't want to do is what I do. Paul struggled with it. And we will all struggle with one thing or the other before we leave here. It's a struggle every day. We die daily. You never come to a place of perfection until you leave here. The day you get perfected, you don't need to be here. You have to get out of here.
2: Right. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar mm-hmm. and his word is not in us. So that's what it is. It means every day we act and sin
1: brings reproach. Sin is an obstacle and a hindrance to our prayers and to our faith. And the way we avoid it, overcome it, is daily self-examination, judging ourselves, repenting on daily basis. And it's a daily struggle. If anybody tells you that it's not a struggle, it's a lie. All of us struggle. Every one of us, we struggle with something on daily basis. If we all have our way, we'll do things differently. But we we don't have our way. We don't have the right, one of the greatest sins. Of humanity is the sin of rebellion against God, which is independence of God. We want to be independent. That's the problem. I want to be I want to be my man, my own man, my own woman. I can do what I want to do, you just can't. There are implications, there are consequences. For every action, right or wrong, there are consequences. And that was the sin of man, independence of God. I don't need God. I don't need anybody. The day you come to that place where you think you don't need God, you don't need anybody, you are finished. You are done. It's just a matter of time. When God said to Adam, the day you eat of the fruit of this tree, you will die. The earth, they didn't die immediately, but they were dead. What is spiritual death? Separation from God, eternal separation. They were separated from God. That very moment, the glory departed, but they didn't even know it. So you can be walking and separated from God, by sin, through sin, and not even know it. God help us. Come with me please to 2 Corinthians 13 and 5.
2: Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? You see, he said examine yourself. Check yourself.
1: See if you are still in the faith. Because you can be born again and you can act like you are not born again. So many born again believers can act like they are born again, and it's very possible. That's why I say, examine yourself, check yourself, see, check your motive, examine your motives, your heart, see if you are still in the faith. Simply means if you are still born again. Yeah, because you can be born again and act like a canal Christian, acting like you are not saved, like you're not born again, if you don't examine yourself. So self-examination is very
2: critical. Matthew 7, 1 to 5, quickly. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you mate, it shall be made, measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how would thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye.
1: We, we we have to stop being the Holy Spirit of anybody. We cannot be the personal Holy Spirit for anybody. We can't convict anybody. We can't convict our husbands. We can't convict our wives. We can't convict our children, our grandchildren. Our parents, our loved ones, is the job of the Holy Spirit, and it's dangerous when we get to a place where we don't listen and we think we have arrived. And especially when we begin to judge others, point finger at others, look at him, look at her. They say this, they say that. How about this? How about that? I know this. I know that about them. Somebody came to me and said, "Papa, I hear this person." said something about you don't mind him I I know things about him I can I can tell you things I know things and I said I don't want to know what you know whatever you know about them please keep it to yourself I don't want to know and there are people who glory in the fact that they know things about other people and they go around priding themselves in what they know about others. And they have issues, they have stuff, and they have secret of people and of others. There are people who go around recording people when they are com- having conversation with you. They can be recording you once you are talking to them without even you knowing that you are being recorded. There are people, they call you and they put it on speaker. They will just say, listen, wait, wait, I'm going to call somebody right now. And they call the person, put it on speaker, and say, hear the conversation between us. And they can reveal conversation between them and very, very important people in society just to prove to somebody that they have a relationship with the person. They can set you up, record you and everything, and blackmail you, implicate you. What is all this? I'm not talking about unbelievers, I'm talking about believers. And we are doing this to one another. Other religions don't do this to themselves, they protect one another, and that's why they are becoming stronger and better than us. And we are doing a lot of things to destroy and endanger the future of our children and our grandchildren by not covering and protecting one another. Too much division and strife among us. And it's not right. Alright, 1 Corinthians 11, 31 and 32. For
2: if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged.
1: You see, he said, if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. We have to judge ourselves, daily, examine yourself, check your motives, your heart, and say, Lord, I judge myself. I'm judging myself of every error, of every transgression, sin and iniquity. For if I say I'm without the sin, I deceive myself and i make you a liar. Lord, I own up. I own up in the areas of my struggle. I'm judging myself. Because if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged today and it will not be held against us when we cross over to eternity. We must settle it here right now before we get there. Before you arrive at your final destination, make sure you have a visa. Because if you don't have a visa for where you are going, you can board the plane, but when you get there, it, they'll it turn you back. They'll deport you and bring you back home. And if your visa have expired, you have to check your visa. I check different visas in my passport every now and then. I'll just say tomorrow, please check this visa, please check that visa, please check that visa. And please check my passport. Make sure it's not expired because if your passport is expired for some number of months, it, it, you are left with some number of months, you can't apply for a visa. If you go to apply for a visa, they won't give it to you. You have to renew your, your passport, and your visa must not ex- be expired for some number of time before you reapply. There are rules, there are rules. So make sure that we are within the rules and examining ourselves, judging ourselves, help us to stay within the rules. They are set rules. And in self-examination on a daily basis, judging ourselves of little, 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 little things that helps
2: us to take the car to the manufacturer to fix it. Right. But when we are judged, we are chastised, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. That's it. That's the reason why
1: we must examine ourselves and judge ourselves so that we don't end up condemned with the world because the world is already condemned. Why? Because they never judge themselves. The unbelievers don't judge themselves. They believe that everything they do right or wrong is right. The, everything goes with the unbeliever. Everything goes. That's why being a believer can be tough. Because I remember when I got born again among 37 brothers and sisters, 6 on my mother's side, 43, and I was a new believer, everything I did was criticized. They criticized me over everything. When they are going out and I don't go, I'm criticized. Uh, When they smoke and I don't smoke, I'm criticized because I used to smoke. And they drink and I don't drink, they criticize me because I used to drink. I used to go to the nightclubs. I used to hang with them. And I used to fool with them. And so they said, come on, what what are you trying to tell us? Are, Are you trying to say you are better than us? What is this whole new thing where you? I don't smoke, I don't drink, please, get away, please. Who, who, who born you? Um, get away, right? Eh? Who born you? You too. You are trying, suddenly you become an angel. You are not an angel, we know you. We have your story, we have your history. We know you, 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 you. And it makes being born again difficult, but you must stand for something. And after years struggling, through many things, ups and downs, they realized that i meant business. I was serious with God, and and many has come to know the Lord. But it was a fight. It was a struggle, and sometimes you feel like you know what? It's not. It really doesn't matter because you are all alone. Everybody goes <coughs> to town, and you're alone in the house, and you play the Bible on tape, and you read and pray and play, uh, worship and watch music songs do all those things and they come so late and you hear them smiling coming in with their boyfriends girlfriends and it's like something is wrong with you there is nothing wrong with you you are working out your own salvation with fear and trevor but the fact of the matter is that I'll be honest with you it's not easy so if you I'm not telling you it's easy it's not it's a struggle, it's a fight. It's a daily struggle and daily fight. Because people will criticize. I'm talking about your own loved ones. They will say things to you and you can be easily discouraged. But just keep fighting, amen? Okay, we are true with that, Bishop?
2: Yes. Okay, First Corinthians 2.15. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. You see, so
1: we want to stop here. He that is spiritual judges all things, and therefore he's judged by no man. So God said, If you fix it, there will be no need for me to fix it. How do you fix it? You examine yourself and you judge yourself. And God said, If you judge yourself, there will be no need to judge you because I'm a just God. And if you don't deal with it, I have to deal with it. So you correct it make right of the wrong and there'll be no need for you to be corrected by me or anybody and in doing that is a daily self-examination judging ourselves daily and repenting and renouncing to god and confessing to god unconfessed sins. if we do that we'll have strong witness of the spirit if we do that the holy spirit will be able to bear witness with our spirit, guide us through our spirit, and we will be truly the sons and the daughters of God. We will not fall short or come short of the glory of God and of the presence of God. And I hear you, hear me. I prefer the presence than the anointing and the gift. Because where the presence is, everything else is there. When you have the presence of God, you have the fullness Of him that filleth all in all The gift and the anointing They come and they go But the presence of God You can't have all the giftings You can't have all the anointing Jesus was the only one who was baptized without measure So when you have the presence of God You have everything I'll go for the presence Than the gift, than the anointing And to have the presence Of God with you and I We must Examine ourselves daily. We must judge ourselves daily. Repent daily. And not live a life of an unconfessed sin. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will convict me of something. And said, you you didn't talk to that individual well. The way you went off on the phone wasn't right. You, You reacted. You shouldn't have reacted. You didn't hear the other side. You just reacted. You didn't do right And I'm convicted And sometimes I get so busy That I forget to deal with it And the spirit will remind me again And sometimes I'll see the person And instead of me to just say Listen you know what I'm sorry about the way I reacted Please forgive me I just will say oh it doesn't matter It matters It does matter Because that is also a child of God Jesus shed his blood for them it doesn't matter who they are, it matters. When you offend somebody, when you hurt somebody, and the spirit checks you and convicts you, you must be willing enough to humble yourself. I remember many years ago, I was in a cast with crutches, and something came to my attention with Bishop Dar. And it wasn't right what happened. One of my pastors went to hold a program where he had his church at Kolibu, put my picture on the poster, and I didn't know anything about it, and I just spoken for Bishop Dahl. And then, about a few weeks after, he saw my poster, my pictures all over the area where his church was, I was holding a program right in that area. It's like we are here at this particular location, and then Bishop Dahl comes to do a meeting next door somewhere here. And... I didn't know anything about it. So he came to me and told me that, he said, Papa, what is going on? Are you having a crusade around here? And I said, no, I'm not having any crusade. So I found out that the crusade director in charge of outreach and crusade was holding a service right where Bishop Dark's church was. So I called him and I said, brother, why are you doing this? He said, Are you're giving us a mandate to win souls and to hold crusades everywhere. when we have the right to go anywhere we want. And I said, yes, you do. But, you know, I have a relationship with Bishop Dan, so at least you should have told me that you are going to that area, and I would have informed him. He's not saying you shouldn't hold a crusade there, but it's not nice that you go to an area where he's holding his service, and you start something there. So I had to go to his house with my crutches to apologize to the bishop. I'm sorry about what happened. I've investigated. It is true, but I don't know anything about it. But I take responsibility. It will be corrected. It won't happen again. Now... It didn't, didn't stop me. It didn't stop me from being the archbishop. It didn't take my anointing away. It didn't change me. It didn't decrease my anointing. It didn't do anything wrong to me. I believe that it was a right thing I did. And because relationship will take you where money, anointing, and gift will not take you. You know? It is, it is believed that relationship is the tree upon which money and longevity grows. People today have value for money than relationship. It's a very dangerous thing. And that love for money is one of the major things of the end time. That people will go for money irrespective. They don't care who they had. They don't care what they let go. They don't care giving up values and giving up strategic relationships and loved ones. They don't care as long as they get money. It's like money is everything. Through this season of coronavirus, look at people with money dying like chickens and mosquitoes. And the money can save them. Why is money so important to you? Why is money so relevant that you are willing to give up anything just to have money? Hear me? Money has expiry date, and money has limitation.
0: Let us pray. Please stand. We know that you were blessed by that message, and we look forward to sharing God's word with you once again. For more information on this and many other Action Chapel International products and messages, you may visit our Dominion Bookshop, located on the premises of Action Chapel, Spintex Road, Or you may call our offices on 030-701-1851. Or you may also visit us online at www.actionchapel.net. Once again, thank you for joining us today. And may your life continue to be changed in God's presence.